Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Remembering who God is helps our faith. What does David do to build up his faith? He goes back to his history with God. When we get shaky in our faith, just look at your past. The same God in the past is the God that's with you right now. And the God that delivered you and saved you in the past is the same God that will bring you through again. Imagine there's a situation in your life where things are just falling apart. You're knocked down by the weight of it and afraid. Don't focus on the fear. As difficult as it is, take a breath and reach out to God. For the Christ follower, He is ever-present and ready to move the mountain for you. As we'll hear today, David faced a literal giant when he went out to fight Goliath. Amidst taunts and thoughts from others that he wouldn't be successful, he had experienced God's faithfulness before and was confident the Lord would prevail once again. Consider where your heart is when you're facing a giant. Is it cloaked in fear or strengthened by God? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, with our continuing study entitled, How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. days to keep us well to remember things we would sometimes tie a little string around your finger and then of course we've changed that today we have our computers and we have our iPhones and our Google phones and whatever and Android apps and we're reminded of stuff all the time but we really do forget a lot of things and I just want to see how you're doing this morning during this last week how many of you uh, lost your keys you couldn't find your keys at home let me see your hands come on be honest now how many of you couldn't find your phone you're trying to find your phone you're rushing out of the house couldn't find your phone that's exactly right okay here's a good one how many of you couldn't find the tv remote you couldn't find it. you've been looking everywhere you blamed your wife whatever all kind of stuff how many couldn't find the checkbook this week you're looking for the checkbook come on there's a few of you yep and how many forgot a password this week let me see your hand we're crazy people, aren't we? We just forget stuff all the time. The other night, we went out for dinner and had a nice dinner. And at the end, the, the waiter bought the check. And you know how dads do. They pay all the check, whatever. So I pay the check. And I got the bill and whatever, gave him a credit card, handed it off to the, the waiter. A few minutes later, our waiter came by who had been serving us. A number of people had been serving us, but our waiter. And he said, uh, do you have the bill and the check? And your credit card, I said, I already gave it to somebody. He said, you sure? I said, yeah. And so he went off and we're talking and finishing. About three or four minutes later, he comes back and he says, I can't find anybody here that you gave it to. And I said, well, he said, what did it look like? I said, it looked like you. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not paying attention. I just gave you the money. So he says, all right, I'll go find again. So he goes off. And he comes back about five minutes later, 
And he walks up to me and he goes, I'm so sorry. I had it in my pocket the whole time. What's up with that? Of course, I gave him a big tip. It was a great evening. (laughs) But you know what that's about, don't you? I got up this morning. I was writing our our last check for ties and some extra for the building and couldn't find the checkbook. And my wife's working. She's a nurse. She happened to be working today. I had a little ganguzo this morning. But it didn't matter because she wasn't home. So, well, I guess God does know, though, doesn't he? Yeah. But I found my check and I wrote it, checkbook and wrote it. We forget. Well, what's the solution to forgetting? Here it is, first thing to write today. You already know it, but it's good. The solution to forgetting is to remember. It's simply to remember. So how in the world am I gonna am I gonna do that? Well, that's what I want to talk about today. And I want you to remember back, we showed you the atheist sign up there in New York. Remember what it looked like? It was all about Christmas. It said this, you know, it's a myth, the season, this season, just celebrate reason. In other words, there's no Christianity. We told you on Christmas Eve that they made one mistake. They only rented the billboard for four weeks. And so Times Church in New York, a great church, put the new sign up. And here's what the new sign says. God is. It's just contradicts exactly what they said. And let me read you what they said. We want to encourage people to seek God and prove that indeed he is and he's not a myth. Just five days before Christmas, we responded to the atheist billboard by putting the new one up, God is, which describes in just a few of the infinite ways he proves his presence to us every day. We want to encourage people to seek God and prove that indeed he is. Praise the Lord. Now, That's what we're really going to talk about because it goes along perfectly with the teaching we've been talking about when Jesus came into Nazareth and made this amazing statement to him. But I want to start with this. How many things could you write about God? And sometimes we limit it to just two or three. This infinite God, we forget a lot of things. And so this whole series has been about Jesus' birth changing everything. 2,000 years ago, as we learned on Christmas Eve, God put skin on, and he came to this earth, and he came to clear up a problem in Jesus. And he reminded the people that they needed a Savior, but they needed more than that. God wanted to do life with people. So he stepped out of heaven, and he would remind the Jewish people it wasn't only about the God who was their history all those thousands of years, but it was the God who is current, present, right now. Let's turn, you've turned there already, to Luke chapter 4. Let's read what Jesus says and watch how he says it. Remember, he walked into his hometown, Nazareth, He had already begun ministering, already has disciples with him, and he says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying, today, not in the past, but today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What Jesus was saying was this, I'm God, I'm not God of the past, I'm not the God that you should think about back in creation, that God's true, but I'm here today to tell you I've come to meet your needs, today, currently, right now. And then one of the weeks we broke that down and gave you a whole teaching in an hour with these three keys, see if you remember this. What Jesus was saying was, God is here, because Jesus is God, God is able, and God is for you. Now, if you looked at that billboard, there was a lot that you could see about what it said. Think about this. If you looked at that billboard, what are some of the attributes of God? Here, give you some. God is alive. God is there when no one else is. God is a provider. God is willing to help. Let me just stop here and say this. By the way, this isn't history. This is a God that is fulfilling all of these things right here in Melbourne, in Orlando, and Sebastian, in Vieira, right now. So you might hear one of these things and go, man, I, I forgot that. Well, that's the God that is right now. So this isn't like a quoting of nice words, Pastor Mark. This is God. So listen to these again and allow the Spirit to speak to you. God is alive. God is there when no one else is. God is provider. God is willing to help. God is a father. God is a husband to the widow. God is able to protect. God is merciful. God is, listen, God is aware of your struggle. God is here now. God is looking at you. God is your friend. God is incredible. God is powerful enough to change things. Well, as we begin to think about that, you could go to so many places in the Bible to just begin to squeeze some of those things out. And I'm just going to go to really one and talk to you about it today. So if you will, turn in your Bibles to the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to go to 1 Samuel, and then in a few moments we're going to go back to the book of Mark. But just go to 1 Samuel 17, Old Testament, the valley of Elah. And this is the story... If you had any church background at all, this is the story of Goliath, the giant, and little David. And the battle is always here in the Valley of Elah that we go to. And notice the Philistines camp. That was the enemies. Those were the pagans. Goliath was from those people. King Saul, that was the king of Israel, he had started out a very good king, but then kind of got away from God. And the Spirit of the Lord actually left him And David, little David, a shepherd boy, was anointed the king. But it would be 25 years until he became king. So the battle is happening right here. And uh, 
Goliath comes every day and he taunts the people of Israel, the army that's there. You know, come on, get one guy. And so they they ended up, they were going to have one soldier from Israel and one against Goliath. And whoever wins is going to win the war. Well, that went on for 40 days and there was all kinds of problems coming. Goliath was nine feet plus, way huge, and nobody in the army would step up. And into that valley, up there by Saul's camp one day, David's father sent little David. He's probably 17 to 20. We don't really know. He's just a shepherd boy. He knows he's going to be king, but doesn't even really know what that means. And hardly anybody else knows. And his father sent him there to take some bread and fresh cheese to his brothers, King Saul's army. David wasn't in the army. Well, when he came, all he heard was everybody focusing on the, the fear of Goliath. Nobody would step forward. Young David comes, and while he's there, he sees fear on everybody, including King Saul, who wouldn't step forward. And all of a sudden, God began to speak to little David's heart. And we, we read in, in chapter 17, verse 32, let's begin there. And David, remember, probably 17 to 22, 25, something like that. David said to Saul, the king now, hey, I'll put it in my words. What's wrong with you, bunch of chickens? Notice what he says. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, on account of Goliath. Your servant will go, speaking of himself, and fight him. So David says to the king, here's the problem. Everybody here is focusing on Goliath, his huge size, his abilities, and everyone here has forgotten who God is. When we forget who God is, we're in trouble. So that relates to a great principle that Jesus talked about. Keep your finger right there, Samuel. Go back to the book of Mark, chapter 11. Matthew, Mark. New Testament, Matthew, Mark. And go to chapter 11. Then Jesus makes a statement you've probably heard of if you've been in church. Sometimes we misinterpret what it really means. And Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. Whenever Jesus said, I tell you the truth, he was emphasizing something. Everything he said was truth. But he says, now listen up. If anyone says to this mountain, the mountain, this removing mountain was a very common saying in, in the Jewish world then. It didn't mean a literal mountain. I mean, we're not going to move, you know, a mountain. It simply meant a difficulty. So the mountain was a difficulty. For you today, it could be a person, could be a relationship, could be a marriage, could be finances, could be health, could be a job. Some mountain in our life, some difficulty thing. So understand what Jesus is saying. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this this problem, this marriage, this finance, this health, this job, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. So when you begin to think about that, what Jesus was saying is, The very thing that David was trying to say to King Saul, 
And the very thing I want to say to you, what happens in our life is we focus on the mountain. We focus on the difficulty. We focus on the financial deal, the job, the health, the the marriage, the relationship that isn't right. We focus on that and we forget who God is. So I want you to write this statement, if you will, on all of our campuses this morning. Here we go. Quit focusing on your mountain. Focus on God is. Now, how do we focus on who God is? Well, through prayer. Notice. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. So we're to go to God in prayer and say, God, by the way, many of you have had lots of mountains this year. Now, it might get a little better next year, but if you've lived a day, you know there's going to be mountains next year in your life. I already know there's going to be mountains. So what do I have to do? I have to quit focusing on the difficulty of the thing in front of me, the impossible situation and thing in front of me. And I have to focus on God. God, you're a person that can do anything. You're able. It doesn't matter what it is. You're all-knowing. You're all-powerful. And so I begin to do that through prayer. God, I can't do anything about this situation, but I know you can. I just don't know it, but I believe you can. And that's where that faith starts to get exercised. This is exactly what David was doing. He was telling God how big God was and how small nine foot six Goliath was. You say, well, that's stupid. No, that's real. Don't you think God's bigger than any man? That's exactly what he was saying. By the way, you need to understand this morning that God's bigger than any problem you have. Any problem. 1 Samuel 17, verse 33. And I'll paraphrase a little bit, Balmer translation. And Saul replied to David, Are you kidding? You're nothing but a shepherd kid that has no clue at all. You're dead meat. That's basically what he says to him. So I'll read what it really says. You're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. He's been a fighting man from his youth. What was the problem? King Saul was doing what we do often. He was... The spirit of the Lord had left him, and he's only looking from a human perspective. When you and I step out to fight the enemy, there's always a King Saul in our life. You're going to do what? Are you crazy? And we don't want to listen to those kind of people. There will always be those people there. And you want to listen to God. Let God speak into your life. See, David wasn't going to listen to his own mind, which says, I'm crazy. He isn't going to listen to King Saul, because Saul thinks you're dead meat. He listens to his heart, because the spirit of the Lord was on David. David was going to walk by faith, and that's the only way you will be successful. Well, look at verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, David says, I went after it. I struck it. And I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Now, your servant, David said, has killed both the lion and the bear. 
This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37 is amazing. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Now think about that. David isn't sitting here and going like this. I can do this. No problem. I'm an expert at fighting. He's fought a lion and a bear. This is the nine foot six man with that armor, with a shield, with a sword. What he says is, notice verse 37, the Lord who delivered me before is the Lord who would deliver me now. I want you to write this and let me explain it to you. Remembering who God is helps our faith. What does David do to build up his faith? He goes back to his history with God. When we get shaky in our faith, just look at your past. The same God in the past is the God that's with you right now. And the God that delivered you and saved you in the past is the same God that will bring you through again. As I said, there's not a person in this building, any of our campuses this morning, that won't have mountains right in your face. And when those mountains come, we get fearful. Don't do that. Understand that as that begins to happen in your life, you can go back and look at the places where God tested your faith. David says to the king, wait a minute. God has proven himself to me in the past. I have history with God. And you and I, in this building, in our campuses, you and I have history with God. The longer you serve God, the greater our faith should be. It should not be less. See, faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. So God is going to allow a lot of things to come into our life this year so that our faith does not rely on ourself. It doesn't rely on my skills. It really doesn't rely on what God did in the past. That's just to encourage me that God is here, present now. That's where the victory comes. God is. God is. Now, David basically says to Saul, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to fight, but I'm just a tool in the hand of God. God is the powerful one. God will empower me to kill him. One of my favorite verses, you know, in the Bible, I had a little dancing party when I was studying this uh, the other day. My wife was gone, so I was just dancing. And I want you to see the verse, and I'll tell you why. Philippians 2.13 says this, For God is, hallelujah, He's working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Notice it doesn't say, and God used to work in you. No, God is. For David to walk into the standoff with the Philistines and declare that he would fight Goliath, he had to have something that no soldier present did. As we heard, the something was the backing of the Almighty God. 
As Jesus reminded us in Mark, anyone who believes will know that God can accomplish it, no matter how difficult we perceive things to be. We should take our eyes off the mountain and focus on God. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we continue to hear about David's battle with Goliath and his ever-present faith. King Saul will try to put his armor on David, but it doesn't fit him. Pastor Mark will ask us to consider whether we have the faith to go out into the world as ourselves, under his umbrella of protection, and fighting with the gifts he's given us. David's actions will be a testimony to all who witness his confidence in God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through our series entitled How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything, next time on Lessons for Living. 